Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to tell you about another great ESPN podcast. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, present Moxie Bets. Make bets with Moxie with betting expert Katie Mox and her merry band of gambling insiders as they preview lines, spreads, parlays, and props with personality and the kind of advice they would give themselves. That's Moxie Bets. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us coming to us live from somewhere up there in New England. I can't remember no particulars. Check him out on Brother from Another on Peacock. Michael Smith, what's going on? Chilling, dog. It's been too long. How you feeling? Hey, man, I'm good. I see you doing the hair grow out like I'm doing the hair grow out, except your hair still grow down. You know what I'm saying? It's still yeah, to, yeah. Still go down to right there. Yeah, that's that's for you. I got And I got some nice juices and berries <laughs> going, too. You know what I'm saying? You know how we do. Got to have something going. But like when I wear the aviator shades, I can go back to that like 70s chic. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what's important to me. Like if I wore big aviator shades every day, wouldn't nobody really talk about it. It would just all fit. However, I don't. Therefore... Y'all got jokes. <laughs> but I like the salt. You got a little, is that a little salt and pepper it's, or is that just the light in the beard? It's emerging. It's emerging. Get a little salt and pepper here. Though. I'm getting a little See, salt and pepper here. Like that's the thing that people don't talk about. Like when you have the hair situation is you lose the opportunity to go salt and pepper, right? Like I would like to make that transition into salt and pepper into you know, being looking distinguished in all of that stuff. Bruh, it, it adds to the professorial nature. Right. You ain't got to know nothing, but you look like you know something. You look like you've experienced some things. You got some perspective. I'm telling you, man. It make your voice sound smoother. Right? Right. Whole nine. Whole nine. Now, Absolutely. we're going to talk about a few things. A lot of NBA offseason stuff. I obviously want to talk to you about uh, Kyrie and everything that's going on with him and the Nets. Did you see him bucking at Stephen A. yesterday? I was going to ask you, man, like, how's your beef game? Like, I, I'm more of a vegetarian myself, but it feels like, you know, as, as Biggie once said, you're nobody till somebody kills you. It feels like you're nobody till you got a public beef with an with a NBA all-star. Yo. I mean, that's like, the, that's it's like everybody getting into it nowadays. Is it just because players are more inclined to clap back? Is it because talking heads are, are, are talking a little too greasy? And I don't usually pay attention to it, but it's just like so much of it going on. So you mentioned Kyrie and Stephen A., Westbrook and Skip after all these years, Perkins and Draymond. I think I'm missing one more. It might be another one I'm missing. Yeah, no. See, (laughs) the the closest thing that I've had to like NBA player beef, other than like Steph Curry (laughs) getting me at Vinny, like, uh, you think a system player did right there? But he ain't doing like full on in front of everybody. I think he said a tweet one time about uh, something being Vinny said, and I was just like, ah, damn. I did have wait, a Wait, that don't wait, hold I'm sorry. I about twenty second time I, I beg your pardon. I don't know what you're talking about. So all you right. might have to All right, it's a long story. It's a long story. I'm gonna okay. try to all I'm gonna right. try to get to it quickly because actually something about that story came up this week. And so I had been thinking for the longest about Steph. And by the way, none of this applies now. Like he's leveled up in a particular way. Oh, so this was a while back then. Yeah, yeah, this is a few years ago. But like one thing about Steph okay. was as good as Steph was and as good as he made the Warriors. My thing was, Steph ain't the guy that you ask and come down the floor every time and just get us a bucket. Like, we know that you're going to be the one to get us a bucket, right? 
he created a circumstance that created this system that made it where everybody ate, like everybody made the move, but he was not necessarily the guy to be like, okay, we're going to spread this out and we just going to go as far as you take us on this, right? Not how far you wind up taking us, but as far as you take us. And of course, you know how they get about stuff, right? Yeah. But to your point, game, what was it? Was it game four? Game four is few and far between yeah, well, for him. He doesn't do that that often. Yeah, well, here, and see, and that's where it gets interesting because as we were going along, like I said that, of course, Warriors fans do what they do. But yeah. coming into last season, I thought the question was legitimate, right? Steph is a ceiling raiser, but was he like a floor raiser? For example, like at the best of LeBron James, you were going to win 48 games or something like that just because you With had anybody. him on the team. Didn't matter who yeah. else was there. He raised the floor that much. I didn't see Steph necessarily as that floor raiser. And then 2021 came and it was like, oh, okay, my bad. That's you, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I come into this year and I'm like, hey, if they, I don't think they could win a championship. They obviously did, right? But is he that guy, the game four guy, right? Are you getting the game fours out of Steph? And he was that dude for the series, right? Like he was that. But it's interesting because Draymond Green did a live podcast with J.J. Redick and my man Tommy on the spot, Tommy Alter, and he was talking about when Durant came there. It's like, you can say that we didn't need Kevin Durant. He was like, yes, we did. And Draymond's thing was Steph was not at that point yet where he could just say, I'm going to get a bucket anytime I want to get a bucket, right? That's what I was trying to say. You feel what I'm saying? Like, Draymond, the guy that was in it, the guy that was actually there was like, no, Kevin Durant was that guy at that time, and then Steph eventually became that guy, right? Finish the story, but I won't won't come back to that point. Remind me to come back to that and finish the story. Yeah, so Steph Curry is that guy. He was that guy last month. I mean, ain't no question about that, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. When Draymond says, and of course, they coming and killing Draymond for saying the same thing, too. But I was like, thank you, Draymond, for saying what I did a poor job of saying before because they all came at me. But that's really about the closest. timing was just wrong. Yeah, that's really about (laughs) the closest I got to, like, beef. Except kind of counts. I told this story once on Twitter. I was in college, March of 1998, okay? Me and my homies were at the mall, and the UCLA basketball team showed up. And they was all in UCLA gear. And I'm going to be very careful to couch this so we don't have problems. I swear, because I don't know how I would make this up, right? You remember Toby Bailey? Yeah. We saw Toby Bailey while everybody else was wearing UCLA gear with a cap that said Toby Bailey on it. I swear that I saw this. I just don't think it's possible for me to make yeah. this up. But, you know, I got yeah. a homie that was on that squad, and they ran it through the group chat. None of them remember this. Okay, uh-huh. fine. But then Barrett Davis got on Twitter and said he was going to rub my fade. And I was like, yo! Over Toby Bailey? But he did- <laughs> Over a hat! Like, I was just like, and so, like, I got a number I texted that we supposed to catch up. We never did. Like, yeah, I'm assuming the yeah. beef was gone. But that was the closest that I had to beef. And I was like, but wait, Bruh. but you never told me what, but what did Steph say to you, though? Oh, no, Steph, you said he didn't say nothing to me. Said, I said what he oh. said. Like, he'll slide some slick stuff in. Like, he'll walk past video and be like, not bad for a system player, huh? Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I didn't hear you say that part. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he'll say, he'll, so, cause, so the pettiness, y'all, you've seen it firsthand. Oh, well, well I, I, it's been relayed to me. I have not seen the petty firsthand. Gotcha. I am sure the next time I see Steph, I yeah. will get the petty firsthand. And all I will be able to say is, you're right. Yeah. And, some, and sometimes that's what it be. Sometimes that's what you got to do. It ain't nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying you're right. No. Actually, it's rather endearing, I find. I, let me tell you this. All those people I got those kinds of things about, I would rather be wrong, right? 
Like, yes. I would love to be wrong about Carl Towns. I really, really would, right? Because then he wouldn't seem like such a sucker. Most of us are not haters. No. You may take it as a hater if you're sensitive about it, but we don't want to be wrong when we critical of these people. No. Like, bad news does not sell more papers than good news, contrary to popular opinion. Quick yeah. thing about beef, beef history. I'll give you my quick beef. My career actually kind of started, my television career, if you want to call it that, actually kind of started through beef. This is... Uh, in the New England Sports Tonight days, this would have been circa 2002-ish. This is the Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce, uh, Jim O'Brien Celtics are in the playoffs against uh, the Pistons before they won the title. And Uncle Cliff Robinson was on the team. And I went on TV and I'm young, you know, dumb, don't, don't, don't know nothing, you know, just don't know what I'm talking about. But some, somebody put me on TV. And so I was at the Globe at the time. I was at the Boston Globe at the time. So I was covering the series as a, you know, I was a general assignment guy before I got on the beat. So I'm covering this series. And Antoine and Cliff Robinson had been going at it. And I said on New England Sports Tonight one evening that Antoine Walker was in Cliff Robinson's head. Just threw out that cliche. Man, I was in the locker room the next day. Bruh, I don't remember who it was from the Pistons that saved my life. <laughs> But Cliff Robinson was like, don't nobody get in my head. I mean, you know, six through 6'10", don't nobody get in my head. I'm like, damn, dog. First of all, like, thanks for watching. <laughs> Second, <laughs> secondly, I'm like, I just was just, you know, I looked like, he, you know, you got attacked. You got teed up. You know, bro, it was like. So what happened, the reason that kind of like kickstarted me being on at least, you know, local and regional TV in Boston is like, you remember those like late night, and maybe they still have, I don't mean to say remember, but those late night sports wrap-up shows? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this was Bob LaBelle on CBS in Boston. And he brought me on um, like that next Sunday, the following, is a couple of days later. He's like, and we talking about all kinds of sports. We're talking about the Red Sox. We're getting on the Celtics news. And he turns to me randomly. Nothing, we ain't talk about it before the show. He ain't give me no heads up, no nothing. So Michael... You ever had a player approach you, you know, in the locker room and try to fight you? I'm like, like in front of my wife and everything, dude? Like, damn, I'm like, why you just put my business in the street? Because I ain't right about it. Wasn't no Twitter back then. Wasn't nobody, like, posting about it immediately after it happened. Nobody knew it if they weren't in the, in the locker room at the mm -hmm. time. So I played it off and I said no, but I guess that was my first mistake because it seems like the way to have beef is not to squash it, not to grill it up and eat it, but to invite that person to come on your show. Right. <laughs> let's, let me, how can I take advantage of this situation? I'll meet you anytime. Telling somebody I will meet you anytime, any place does not mean what it used to mean for me and you. It does not mean what it's supposed to mean. It means, hey, how about you come on my show and boost the ratings for my program by, you know, feeding into this, this fake beef that we have. What a time. It's funny you mentioned that in relationship with Kyrie and Stephen A, because I don't think that yeah. beef is fake at all. I think that beef is real. I think that beef is very... By fake, I mean they're not going to throw hands. No, 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 no. That's, that's what, what I'm mean, saying. But like, like on yeah. this one, it becomes interesting, right? Because they're not going to throw hands, obviously. But my read from where I sit and the little bit that I know about both people and where their worlds overlap is... This is one of those that's very personal. And that happens sometimes. Like when Stephen A talks about the interactions he'd had before with Allen Iverson, the nature of their relationship made it very personal when these sorts of things happen. Because these two used to be cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're cool now, but they, you know, there was intervening. I mean, Kyrie and Stephen A used to be cool, right? As far as I can tell, right? Like, think about this. 
when Kyrie decided that he was going to bail on Cleveland. Remember when he came on first take? On first take, To talk about that? And I I watched some of that yesterday on YouTube. I wound up in a weird YouTube rabbit hole on like old old first take clips. And I watched that. (laughs) And dude, that seems like forever ago with Kyrie. Like if you pull it up, because he's still got the short hair, right? Like he's got Mm -hmm, the short mm -hmm. hair. He looked and sounded like when a high school prospect shows up to Bristol, right? But he was very, for lack of a better term, like well-spoken and all of that stuff. And he was making a point that in retrospect, I think we didn't give him enough credit for. I felt like I did at the time, but I got why he wanted to leave Cleveland, right? He just wanted to go do something different. He didn't want to be number two anymore. And so I remember when that happened, I was like, as I'm leaving highly questionable to go do high noon, I'm not really in a position to judge this man for making the decision that you want to leave the tried and true because you want to do something that's a little bit more about you, right? And much like High Noon, his time in Boston got canceled, right? Started off pretty strong, didn't wrap it up, and in the end, it was time to go, right? He was like, I got where all of that was. But it was really wild to watch it because, A, that's when he started, like, he was moving into talking the gibberish, right? Like, he was moving in to being nonsensical and not wanting to answer questions when people have him and all of that stuff. But it's still, it's five years ago, and it still then just felt so much like forever because this dude's at the T.O. place where, who wants you, man? Like, who wants to bring you on? And now it's at the point where he thinks we're nincompoops in media and everything, so he wouldn't even bother to come on a show. But I would watch every minute of Kyrie and Stephen A, man. Dude, other thing, too, about Stephen A, and I think this ties into something else about Kyrie, okay? Forgive me if I'm making an assumption here, but I, I want you to follow me, all right? The owner of the Nets is a gentleman named Joe Sy. Josai is a very prominent Chinese businessman, super duper, duper, duper rich, all of that stuff, right? I could be wrong, but what I know about billionaires and what I think I know about China, that don't strike me as a man with any respect for somebody who don't be showing up to work but expect to get paid. I think that, 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 I I could be wrong, right? Right? I and mean, there's some owners know, out here that I'm are. sure. I think that's a good bet. Yeah, I think it's some owners <laughs> out here that I'm sure are used to indulging talent and recognizing the star sure. system and all the things there's that cult- come with it. It's a cultural divide. Yeah. yeah. I uh. might be wrong, but I don't but I think Joe side <laughs> is built like that. And you know who else isn't built like that? Stephen A. Smith. Okay? I will give the brother that. He is he's not ubiquitous by accident right that dude works right and and, and yes that dude he, he that, so that that and i could tell that i mean i listen you talk about rabbit holes i i try again i try to not to get too involved in all of that or even to pay much attention but i could see that certain things first of all do you remember when you and i did first take back in the day i had a flashback oh yeah i mean you did it i could certain things like it's almost like you connected with Kyrie on some you know, on, on, on a philosophical level or on a personal level when you made your move to high noon. But I think I, I could definitely see the parallels. And I'm not saying you are Kyrie Irving, but I'm saying, damn how the outside world looks at you. Right. Or what they think you can or can't do or, or, or who they think you owe your success to. It's like, nah, y'all don't know what I'm capable of. I know what I'm capable of. It ain't one way for me to find out and ain't going to be here. You know, and I think that's, 
I, I, I forget the quote that he put out, but I'll remix the quote that he put out. It's like, you know, I'll use another one. Scare money don't make money. So if you if, if you and your career was to say, oh, well, things are going great on, on highly questionable. And I got, you know, I got black thoughts shouting me out, you know, in, in, in a verse. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm living in Miami. What, what more? I'm straight, you know, running with Dan and, and Poppy. That would have been fine. But would you have truly been able to test your limits and be able to take your game to the next level? So the thing I had an issue with Kyrie back then, he was number two to LeBron, I guess, on the call sheet. But oh, nobody act like they don't win that championship without Kyrie. And not just that shot. And he was moving more shoes than anybody. He was moving units like nobody's business. So he, I, th- I feel like he could have had the best of both worlds in a way that most quote-unquote sidekicks or wingmen can't but nonetheless hey man do you in terms of nobody wanting him man i don't think the nets really want him at this point this is the best of both world uh, not the best of both worlds this is the best possible outcome other than the better the better outcome the, mo- the best possible realistic outcome i should say the best outcome is that he walks and or there's some kind of miraculous sign and trade and kevin durant follows him is the best possible outcome and reboot this whole thing realistically he wasn't gonna walk away from 30 million so now you get one year to run it back see what happens and then go on your merry way yo as an nba player of his caliber something has gone wrong if you take the player option right like you think about this two guys this year that famously took the player option Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook the player option is there to be declined it is there for you to get or out John of John Wall and then he got bought out right yeah. right right but <laughs> right. even John Wall yeah. something has gone yeah. wrong Right. The player option is there for you to get out and go get you one last. Because you want to be a free agent. Yeah. You want to be able to get out of a deal. There's nobody. Why would you want Kyrie to be on your team? Like, why would you sign up for all the things that come with him? And I think Terrell Owens is the example of a guy in the NFL that reached that place. Barry Bonds reached that place, but he was like 45. He may have been one of the 10 best players in the league. But when he's like 45, you could be like, hey, man, I don't think we want to. You know, we necessarily want to go do this. For Kyrie to be in this place is so wild. And people are looking at it like, hey, man, well, all right, well, the Nets, they got Kyrie and Kevin Durant and running back. We haven't heard anything from Kevin Durant. And one thing I've been told is that if you see a quote in the media or something about what Kevin Durant is saying, it's not because that person talked to Kevin Durant, right? We have no actual public idea where Kevin Durant is coming from what he wants where this is gonna go all we know is that the odds have skyrocketed for deandre ayton to sign with the nets and oh that sounds interesting how could you make that happen it's not like the nets have cap room that would almost require a sign and trade of sorts hmm. one other thing i want to go back on too I, I didn't i didn't finish this thought was when something you mentioned the beef and I'll come back to that in a second, but the beef with Stephen A. and, and, and Kyrie, it's like when something offends your sensibilities, what I was getting at, and that work ethic thing offends his sensibilities, wouldn't most of us want to get paid out the ass to not work all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but hold um, up, though. Hold up, though. Hold up, though. Let me stop you there. Because me and you are built about the same. Yeah. You could never kick it like Kyrie kicks it. And you wouldn't want to kick it like Kyrie kicks it. Brad, toward the, I was talking about this the other day with somebody, a mutual friend of ours who we'll talk about offline, but I've never done it for the money. The money's nice, don't get me wrong. And I think, and you're right, you and I are wired the same. 
You are doing this in pursuit of excellence. You are doing this to be the best version of yourself you can be. You are doing this to make an impact in our industry and beyond. Not, and, and after a while, the money is just like, again, it's easy for us to say this because, you know, but the money doesn't matter, relatively speaking. It's more about what you're doing day to day. Um, so, no, you're right. You're right about that. Um, the Kevin Durant thing, though. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting. I, and I was going to ask you just what your general read is on Durant and just kind of bringing this kind of full circle to we started off talking about Steph. First of all, Durant feels like he is, and maybe it's because he's so active on social media. Maybe it's because he is one of these people that will get, engage with, you know, members of mainstream media when it comes to beef. He'll clap back. He'll, he'll get in comment sections. He'll slide in DMs, whatever it is. I don't know why. Or maybe it's just the, that we still have not seen a can't beat him, join him move like his from Oklahoma City to Golden State. We have not seen that yet since, before or since. But he feels like he's replaced LeBron as the lightning rod at the center of the NBA universe. Kyrie is, 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 is there in terms of a content driver or creator or somebody we spend a lot of time talking about. But Kevin Durant, it's like people cannot, it all comes back to Kevin Durant at the end of the day. So you mentioned Draymond. So Draymond was talking about Durant. Still, you know, years later, they've won a championship since. He's still going back and addressing Kevin Durant's role in this dynasty. Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry is interesting because there were a lot of people on the heels of this fourth championship that felt like, okay, it's time to elevate Steph Curry into the top 10 and presumably pass Kevin Durant, depending on where you had Kevin Durant. And I'm like, that's just fascinating because Durant got for going from Oklahoma City to Golden State. Steph Curry got for, as you said, and as Draymond has since said, needing a Kevin Durant, and now Steph Curry is better than Kevin Durant? It's like, I, 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 that math don't seem like it matters for me, so I need some help from, from you on just how we, the narrative around Kevin Durant and how it's so amoebic, I guess, if I'm saying it correctly. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. So I think there are like two things at play here, right? One of them, and I go back and look at these things, like I like to go back and look at stats and stuff like the advanced numbers and kind of get a look at where we were with a narrative on certain players at certain times and what the numbers seem to indicate, right? So, for example, we did not spend but so much time between like 03 and 05 or so talking about who the best player in the NBA was. 
Um, Shaq, I think we'd all agree around like 0304 starts wearing off. The Kobe stands will start talking to you about him. When you go look at the advanced numbers, get in that Steve Nash run, right? The Steve Nash MVP run. Best player in the league is probably Dirk Nowitzki. Like you go back and look at it. If we viewed basketball the way that we view basketball now with an understanding of spacing and shooting and all of that, we would have probably said that Dirk Nowitzki was the best player in the NBA. You know what we were saying about Dirk at that time? Man, that dude's soft, right? Like that's where we were. And there's something to it, like to the idea. But, and I think there's also something to the idea that if that is the impediment from you winning like a championship or something like that, then are you really better than Tim Duncan? Are you really better than Kobe Bryant? So forth and so on, right? But you go back and realize we have a bit too hard on him. Okay, there's a strong argument to be made that from 2014 to 2018, the best player in the NBA was Kevin Durant. You go back, you look at it, you think about it. There's a good argument to be made. In 2014, when he won the MVP, he ain't get that MVP because we got tired of voting for LeBron. We got that MVP because nobody in the NBA played better than Kevin Durant did. The next year is when we start to get the emergence of Steph Curry, but we also get the injury to Kevin Durant. Does this Warriors run go the way that it did if the Thunder were fully constituted in 2015 with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, given how it went in 2016? And then they all got hurt. And Ibaka got hurt along that, along that run, too. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. Exactly. But given that, because think about this. If Durant and the Thunder win the West in 2015, right? They win the West, they go, and they play Cleveland with LeBron and Matthew Dellavedova and that set of dudes. If Kevin Durant would have won a championship in 2015 as finals MVP over LeBron James, none of the discussions we're having right now come up, right? Now, never mind the fact that he would have been playing with Russell Westbrook, who was absolutely incredible, and some of those Steph Curry arguments that you used to diminish Durant you, you could have used Russell Westbrook, except we don't because we don't want to say those things about Westbrook. We don't want to knock Durant with relation to him. But everything in terms of the way that he's perceived changes at that point, if that happens. And it just didn't. So to me, we got a dude who we all acknowledge is so high up in the pantheon of basketball, but we've never really stopped and looked at it and said, yo, I think he's the best player in the NBA. People say that now when it is absolutely untrue. There, to me, there is no question who the best player in the NBA is, and it is Giannis, who, by the way, is a mere 27 years old, in case you forgot. But Durant never got to the place of wearing that crown where we never say anything else about him again. We never argue about him again. Like, think about this with Kyrie. There's a level of argument about Kyrie that we don't do because he won that championship, right? For a player of his caliber, there was no more room to debate legacy or anything with him because he checked that box and that's just what it's going to be. Yeah, or character for a player of his caliber or character. Like you said a lot right there. The Durant thing too, is just like, it's fascinating. Like the moves that these guys make and it's like, you, you don't, you understand going back to, you know, Kyrie, I, I want to I be number one somewhere. I want to be top number one on the call sheet. I can't do that in the shadow of LeBron James here in Cleveland. These moves that they make in free agency, it's not free. It comes at a cost, right? Because like, so not just the the injury luck that Durant had, not just losing that 3-1 lead to Golden State, but so can Kevin Durant be truly appreciated? So like last year, what was it? Was it game five where he went, where he went nuts against Milwaukee when it was just him and, and, and Harden was hurt and Kyrie was out or whatever? So like, is Kevin Durant underappreciated? From the standpoint of Oklahoma City happened, felt always felt like 
there was unfinished business or just some kind of injury, whether it was to him or Russell, Ibaka or whatever, that prevented them from getting back to the finals, the one final they got to, or even not keeping James Harden for that matter, right? So then he goes to Golden State. And before this season and before this revisionist history that we're undergoing, I feel like most people, circa 20, was 17, 18, 19, would have said, I get that Steph Curry, he's not a system player, is the system, but the best player on the team was Kevin Durant. They said it then, and they said it all the way up until June 2022. <laughs> it's, not like they, it's not like they replayed the old games. So it's like it was Kevin Durant. So then he leaves Golden State, goes to Brooklyn. We know what's happened then. It's all, and, so, and the reason I bring this up is this, Again, in an attempt to elevate somebody, we got to knock somebody down, okay? So it's like, all right, Kevin Durant. Well, he don't make players better the way Steph Curry does. How you figure, number one? Right. Number two, and this goes back, I'm, I'm, weaving all, I'm trying to weave all this together. Going back to when you said about Steph Curry, I like how you put it. Is Steph Curry, he's a ceiling guy, but what's his, how do you put it? Yeah, like is he a know, floor he's, raiser. He's a ceiling raiser. Is he a floor raiser? Right. Is he a floor raiser? Well, what kind of floor are we talking about him having to raise? Klay Thompson ain't no scrub. Draymond Green is an incredible player. Damn what round he was drafted in or what we thought he was going to be come out of Michigan State. The organization, shout out to Jerry Krause, has had a hand in winning this championship and supporting Steph Curry. Likewise, Kevin Durant, like most great players who've won, it, who've won anything in their careers, has at, for most of his career either been surrounded by or chosen to be surrounded by elite talent. Otherwise, you're Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. It's like, wait, like how do we, uh, we it's, it's so, the, the, we move the goalposts incredibly unfairly for all of these guys. And I'm sure at certain points, I've been guilty of doing that. But it's almost like whatever you feel, whatever argument you feel like making that day, you're going to change, you're going to rewrite history and alter the facts accordingly. One last thing, and I'll pass it back to you. You said, undeniably, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. I do not disagree, but I'm going to bring it back to your guy. I'm going to bring it back to Mr. System Player, quote unquote. Usually the finals guy gets to say, the finals MVP gets to say they're the best player in the world, typically. And I know Steph didn't have the greatest regular season. Yeah, I get you. Is there an argument for Steph? I mean... Because what made Giannis the best player in the league... Was him winning finals MVP last year when he dominated? Finals. Yeah, the argument is Chris Middleton being hurt, which changed the entire complexion of the Eastern Conference. And Giannis was a monster throughout. I mean, the thing about Giannis is Giannis is probably the best defensive player in the NBA. And then you add all the other stuff. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, when you think about the way, as good as Steph Curry was in the finals this year, he was not what Giannis was in the finals last year. As good as God. Steph Curry was in game God. four this year, it was not was what Giannis not what was, was in game, game six, six last year. No doubt, no doubt. You know, no doubt. now, no doubt. so here's the thing that's interesting about being, like one thing I, I said about Kobe that I realized after he died is that he wound up on the opposite end of beef, sometimes real, sometimes imagined, with everybody else's favorite player, right? He's on the other side of Allen Iverson. He's on the other side of Michael Jordan. He's on the other side of LeBron James. He's on the other side of Shaquille O'Neal, right? Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wound up on the wrong side of beef <laughs> with so many people. And then everybody loving him. Yes, <laughs> right. right. And so right. with Durant, Durant, through no fault of his own or anybody else's, in the minds of a lot of people, wound up on the other side of Steph Curry. Here's the problem with being on the other side of Steph Curry. Or previously you, LeBron. 
Yeah, but LeBron, I don't feel like there was a real active, like, antagonistic sort of back and forth among chat or anything else. Because after 2016, we were not going to say anybody was better than LeBron James until we had no other way out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 2016, after they won that championship, and we were like, yo, I think Steph might be the best player in the NBA. I know me. I was shook of ever saying that about anybody else ever again. But when you're on the other side of Steph, you wind up being like Meek Mill was on the other side of that beef with Drake, right? It's like, okay, so what you going to do? You going to get out like Drake out here playing memes of you and laughing at you. What you going to say? You going to say you going to shoot Drake? You going to say you going to beat Drake up? Okay, <laughs> you can beat Drake up. All right, there we go. So Steph, being who he is, he could be out there doing all that little fake shimmying and that going to sleep and all that stuff that don't even really seem like him. What can you do back? He's Steph Curry, (laughs) right? Like, there was a play, I want to say it was in game six of the 2016 finals where LeBron, late in the game, pitched one of Steph's shots and gave him a stare. And LeBron, and Steph's just looking at him like, like, yo, what is this? (laughs) You can't beef with Steph Curry. Like, it's just not possible. Nobody's going to take you seriously when you do it. Like, think about this. Even when people talk about whether or not Durant was better than Steph, and even if some of them say, hey, Durant was better than Steph, nobody really passionately argues the fact. Because you can't be on the wrong side of Steph Curry. Everybody loves Steph. Like, think about this. Everybody loves Dirk. But we could be on the other side of Dirk because he was European and we thought he was soft and we talked all that noise. There is no being on the other side of Steph Curry without people thinking you a dork, even if you just being nice about it, right? Like, well, you know, I just think dot, dot, dot. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. And that's where Kevin Durant stands, basically, is on the other side of Steph Curry for the rest of his career. What is the other side of Steph Curry at this point, though? Because even you said, you right. <laughs> yeah, but, you know but the, other side, like, the other side of Steph Curry at this point is, it's really because this is all that silly legacy discussion. Like we both get that in the folly that comes in that. Yeah. But for, for Durant, now that Steph won that championship for people who are just so simple and just can't understand correlation and causation, not being the same thing. They're like, Hey, well, he never needed you in the first place to win a championship. You needed him. No, what Durant needed was another team. And the team happened to be that one. Now also to be fair, he could have stayed in Oklahoma City, and I think they might have messed around and won. Or could he have gone somewhere else and won? He's that transcendent. But he just, he wanted to do something else. Like, it, I think, something that I think is difficult for people who don't, like, operate in this space to get is, all the things that they say on television or what you're supposed to want sometimes ain't necessarily, like, the things that you want. So I'll give an example. And I'm talking about... Bradley some- Bill says hi. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, like, I'm talking about somebody here I don't know personally, right? But for you youngsters, there's a gentleman named Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn is top five sports center anchors of all time. Kilborn's absolutely incredible in a way that was very difficult to explain. But Kilborn was the man. Kilborn wound up, he was the first host of The Daily Show. Like that came up and then he wound up hosting like one of the way late network morning mm-hmm. shows, right? Mm-hmm. I personally, after Craig Kilborn left uh, SportsCenter, I ain't really see Craig Kilborn ever again. Like as far as I was concerned, Craig Kilborn disappeared because SportsCenter was the center of my universe at that time. And I'm like, yo, why would you leave SportsCenter? Why, why would you do yeah. that? And I yeah. bet you, you go ask Craig Kilborn, he mad he ain't make that decision sooner, right? 
Kevin Frazier does Entertainment Tonight is another example. Now, that's a slightly different job because that's more visible and he's been at it forever. But I imagine there's a lot of people for whom ESPN is the center of their world. And they're like, yo, why would you ever go do that? And the dude's like, yo, I wanted to go do something else. Like outside of sports, people go do something else all the time. And for Durant, he just looked up and was like, hey, man. I would now like to go do something else. And so he went and did something else. And by the way, they was breaking basketball while he was over there doing. Like, imagine that for a second. You have a chance to be on what might be one of the greatest teams that we have ever seen. And he's supposed to say no? And not just be on it. Damn this bus driver. I mean, look, he was in the front seat. Maybe they, you know, maybe they switched off from time to time. Okay. But he, but he damn sure was a bus driver. You know, maybe if it's possible to have more than one, sure. They had it. He, he took a backseat to nobody in Golden State. He is also in the Homeboy Hall of Fame because bringing it back to Kyrie, though, I'm thinking it's like about wanting to do something different. So then he wanted to do something different again and experiment with his boy Kyrie and his try to get that old thing back with his other boy, James Harden. Harden's another one, by the way. I don't know if Harden, I don't want to get too off track, but I don't know if Harden just is, you know, He's a regular season player. What do they call him now? 82-game player as opposed to a 16-game player? Maybe that's all he was ever going to be, and, and that's that's all he is. But sometimes, not just the way things break, but then when you decide to break and move on to something else, thinking that you know the grass is greener, thinking that you're going to get it somewhere else, it actually um, you know works against you. But with, with, with Kyrie and KD, it's like if you are KD, what do you do now? Get out. Do you continue get to out. Do, oh, yeah, get out. Yeah. Get out. Get out. So independent of what, Ky- what happens Don't with Kyrie. Matter. Don't matter. Kyrie stay, Kyrie go get out. Here, First of all, Kyrie staying is a great reason to get out. Um, Just like on its face. Like, oh, damn, you coming back? <laughs> Let me get out of here. This is the thing I wonder about for Durant. Okay. And I think that this part gets forgotten. I've made this observation about LeBron. And I think Steph becomes the counterexample that drives my point. And I think that Kevin Durant could also get in this. If there's something that people should take from Steph, if there's something that you can take from Steph, is the value on betting on a competent organization, right? Because the way the Warriors have been looking the last couple of years with those dudes hurt and everything else, that is typically when we look at dudes and be like, yo, so you trying to get out of here? And I remember I even raised the question at the time, like, hey, man, is this what you want to do? Like, if you're still trying to win championships, is this the place? And he bet on the idea that Bob Myers and Joe Lacob would figure out a way to keep this team competitive around him. So even as Draymond Green has declined, even as Klay Thompson has declined. But wasn't it an easy bet to make, though? It may have been an easy bet, but he bet on the organization that he thought could continue his career in the ways that he wanted to, right? LeBron James left an incompetent organization went to one of the best organizations, did four years there, could not get the power that he wanted in that organization, and has now gone to -to back-to-back, poorly-run organizations. Now, you could say in Cleveland, it went well, and it went well strictly because of LeBron James, and it didn't go as well as they thought it was going to go because they only got one championship out the deal, right? But then he goes to the Lakers, and again, an organization that is not run well. I think LeBron contributes to them not being run well because of the way that he imparts on things, but he went to a poorly run organization. Now with Kevin Durant, I don't think, or I don't know if he realized when he went from Oklahoma City to Golden State, 
he went from well-run organization to well-run organization and he gets to go to the Nets. Hey, how bad could it be? Whoa, look how bad it could be, right? Like look at the chaos that they've been in in the last three years. And so there are but so many well-run organizations. Me and Vinny ran through the list yesterday on the phone. It's really about 10 of them. But if you're playing for one of them and you're a star player, you should probably either ride that out or go to another competent organization. But the idea that you're going to go where the roster is, like that's kind of the concern with Phoenix. They beefed up the front office, but they still got a terrible owner, right? Like maybe you make a short run play if you wind up there, but I think these guys are going to figure out having the power don't matter if you work for fools and you got to make sure you don't work for no fools. Okay, so Steph, the reason I say it's an easy bet to make is he had won three championships. I think your calculus is different the less restless you are. So maybe he does want to contend somewhere else, but they were able to offer him more money, obviously. He was comfortable in their competency. You're right about that. But they're comp- they were competent based on a track record that they had. That's fine. Do you think LeBron James stays on that team with everything else crumbling around them? On the Warriors? On the Warriors. If he, if he were in Seth's position? Well, no, but LeBron moves different. Right, 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 right. But you arguing a point that is not my point, right? Maybe it was an easy Maybe it was an easy bet for him, but I'm just saying, guys need to start doing more math. Like, let me tell you who interestingly did make that math, which is James Harden. When Daryl Morey left and Harden looked around and saw it was Tillman Fertitta and was like, oh no, dog, I gotta get out of here, right? And then wound up in another place that was a clown show and was like, oh no, I gotta get out of here, and then got back to that old thing with Daryl Morey. But if you on a team that knows what they're doing, appreciate that, value that. They hard to find. I value your point. I understand your point. I'm not, I'm not arguing against your point. I'm saying, to, so other than Steph, the guys you've mentioned, all right, let's, let's go back to the, the idea of a poorly run organization. Are the Nets a poorly run organization? Because they entrusted said organization to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. No, because they entrusted said organization to Kyrie Irving. Like, it all comes down. And the, by it, extension, Kevin Durant. Right, but also. They're they one and the same, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I'm not exactly sure about that. Let me give you the other levels that I say that makes this poorly run organization. The big thing about them being a poorly run organization is that they never stood up to those dudes at any point, right? So, if they were in Miami and them two dudes are like, stop playing Jared Allen and start playing DeAndre Jordan. Jared Allen would still be on the Miami Heat, for example. A poorly run organization folds in those moments. They never had to fold. They had these dudes under contract. They never had to fold. They didn't have to fold on Kyrie on the vaccine thing, which had a part in like wrecking the relationship with James Harden. They did not have to fold on those things, but poorly run organizations are so desperate to have a good player, they fold. Well, but you said a second ago something that I thought, so there's something, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, but you said this in reference to LeBron James. You said that LeBron James, and obviously they were a poorly run organization before he got there, but you think he somewhat contributes to the Lakers being a poorly run organization. It can't be a player-driven league conveniently. It's like, at what point is it about the player? Steph, not only did he, okay, not only, I, I, I'm going with you, not only did he bet on a competent organization, he also ain't that dude to sit there and try to pull the strings on said organization. Maybe because they, you know, they already put won three championships and did what they had to do for his legacy and paid him and he liked the way it was run and he was comfortable there. Or maybe he's just not wired that way. Would LeBron have, have left? Yes, because LeBron's restless. Or he would have left the same reason he left Miami. 
because he couldn't get all the power he wanted. So when they get all the power that they want, it don't work out. It's the organization's fault. Well, like, like the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, they put. First of all, they can't control Kevin Durant getting hurt. They can't control Kyrie getting hurt or a pandemic. And then Kyrie not getting vaccinated against said pandemic. And they can't control James Harden being a, a regular season player. Well, but Kevin Durant wanted all of that. So where's the blame on Kevin Durant? Oh, no. Well, I you know Durant wanting it. There's certainly a role that he plays in that. And like, like, I'm not saying that those guys don't play a role in it. I'm saying, though, a good organization pushes back. Yeah, I agree, which is why I think they would be they would have been happy to see Kyrie Irving walk out the door. And for that matter, Kevin Durant go with him in order to reset the whole organization. I'm not, and by the way, Bo, I'm not arguing that they the Heat or the Spurs. Or oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I'm no, just no, no, I get players you. take, you know. I get yeah. you. No, I get you. By the way, who else bet on the organization? Giannis? He bet on the organization with the, yes, he did. But that organization also went all in and got him Drew Holiday. Yeah, that's fine. But But all the same. If you got an organization that's doing what they're supposed to do and demonstrates that they will, you probably should ride that out. Okay, but wait, this, this is the trip part, though. Oh, this is, this is fascinating. I love this. This is great. I'm, I'm, this is, oh, my God. So, all right, do what they're supposed to do. How much are we basing that purely on the results? Because it wasn't that long ago. But it wasn't that long ago when Giannis had, supposedly had a wandering eye. Or Giannis was with a subject of trade rumors. Or Giannis's, Giannis's extension was in question. He signed it with the understanding that y'all gonna go get me this help. That help worked out and he ascended to being the best player in the league. And they won a championship. So did he trust the organization as much as the organization did whatever it had to do to appease a star and that star delivered, stayed healthy and delivered? Brooklyn, tell me what Brooklyn should have done differently. You mentioned Jared Allen. Uh, uh, yes. You know, what, what, what should, what, from, a, from an organizational standpoint as it relates to doing right by specifically Kevin Durant, what should Brooklyn have done differently over the last several years? Well, the thing I thought about them was that getting James Harden was not a very creative move. It was a very, it was what I would term a very obvious move. And I get why that's the move you make. Don't get me wrong, right? But they mortgaged a lot in order to make that move to go get James Harden. Once they had James Harden and they figured out that it wasn't going to work, the move was not to get Ben Simmons. They gave James Harden away for free. And now he's Philly's problem. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. It's also their problem. Like, they still needed James Harden. James Harden put on the I don't want to be here no more show for them, but they still needed James Harden. And so they did all that to get James Harden and then subtracted him from the team and really didn't add anything other than what they got Seth Curry. I think they got him back in the deal. I think they could have hired a better coach than Steve Nash. I think that point's there. I think they needed, no matter what, to stay firm with Kyrie and be like, either you're going to play all the games or you're going to play none of the games. That is an organizational mistake that I don't think you could ever say that they got right. That was a terrible, so terrible So it's the common move. denominator not being so thirsty that you do whatever that player wants. We got to have a way we do things and we ride Miami, that way we do things San Antonio, out. Right. Golden State. Right, mm -hmm. right. We got to have a way that we do things. And the Nets don't have a way that we do things. They always try to make something happen. And here's how you know they not well run. They got all them dudes and they didn't make no money. Are the Clippers well run? The Clippers are better run than they used to be. However, when I looked at the way that they dealt with Kawhi Leonard a couple years ago, 
and letting him show up to work whenever he wanted and being late all the time and all of this and not realizing the effect that had on everybody else. A well-run team doesn't do that. Like their president of basketball operations is Lawrence Frank. I think Lawrence Frank has done a good job. I think they've gotten players, but I also think that at some point, the mortgage they paid to get uh, Paul George is going to come up, right? You remember, you said y'all did it on the phone. You write it down. Who were the 10 organizations you invested Oh, I can pull up a list of qualifiers. I can pull up a list of the teams right now. Give me just a sec. Golden State is absolutely on that list of well-run teams. And by the way, these are the ones that I just said definitively. Like, I don't have to think about it. Boston, I would say, is well-run. Toronto. Oh, wait, hold on, real quick. Toronto for sure. Boston, question. Would you have said that before M.A. Udoka took yes. them to the finals? Yes, I would have. But, dog, I got 10 of them. So, Boston, Toronto. Uh, Denver's in the middle because they just lost their GM to Minnesota, but I would have said Denver before that, but I don't think they were on the list. Oklahoma City, I would say, is well run. Utah, I would say, is well run. You can't win in Utah and be badly run. It just don't work that way. Milwaukee. I'd say is well run. Golden State, Miami, Memphis, San Antonio, and I guess I must have thrown Denver in there too. Those are the ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't have an exception with them. I guess I'm just that, that list just kind of illustrates, I guess, how you define well run. And that's why, if you got one, the moral of the story is well run does not equal letting the players run the organization. Right. Striking a balance with doing right by said players and working in partnership. But, but to a point with those players, because you still got to get, you know, you got to listen to the players. You got to, you know, get the right coach to fit your star players. I guess for me, though, and, I, and the reason I brought the Clippers is I feel the same way about what the Clippers did going all in with Kawhi and Paul George, even though it hasn't paid dividends yet. And even what the Nets did. I mean, listen, yeah, they made mistakes and maybe the mistake was trusting Kyrie Irving. But when you got a chance to get Kevin Durant. And a condition of getting Kevin Durant is also getting Kyrie Irving, if he wants Kyrie Irving with him. And remember, Kyrie Irving at that point had only blown up one organization. <laughs> no, I'm with you. And what I'm saying there is very simple. They did what most of us would have done, right? Yeah. But then it's on you to manage it. Okay. I don't think they did an adequate job managing it. All I'm saying is for these guys, and I get it, you're so thirsty to win championships. Like LeBron, you feel like you got to be on a championship contender every year because you LeBron and the way that people are going to hammer you for it. I totally get it. But I think guys need to think more about making the long play than the short play because the short play is betting on the roster. And I get that, right? Now, would I say, would I then say right now you should go play for the Spurs? No. Right. Like not at this moment, regardless of how well run they are, like there is a balance there. But I think you got to bet on the way that teams do things more than what they got right now that maybe we can do something with. And that's where I think for Durant and I'm with Durant. I'm not saying he should have stayed in Golden State. I'm not saying he should have gone back to Oklahoma City. I am saying, though, that I bet he looks around and was like, damn, I didn't realize I don't I don't I didn't realize how good I had it at these other places. Are you the Stanfield right now? Get out. Get out. Yeah. Get out no, he just, right like, but if all you knew was well-run teams, you ain't yeah. know what it was to be on one of these. That's why it was so wild to me when LeBron went back to Cleveland. It was like, damn, you know how they get down. Well, but do you think, okay, but, okay, and I want to, I want to ask you about one other team. I know we were up, up against the clock. I do want to sneak in one of the team that's on the opposite end of the spectrum, but I'll just say quickly, do you think that when you've been around these well-run teams, you feel like, oh, I know what it takes. I can be the person who, guides the culture like i've been i've been under pat riley 
You know, I could I could take what I learned in Miami and bring it to Cleveland. Oh, we won a championship. And I say it went really well. One championship in Cleveland is like five somewhere else. And not to mention four straight finals. But OK, so then in Cleveland goes well. I was like, oh, OK, I could go to the Lakers and I can transcend their dysfunction because I'm LeBron. And I know what it looks like and blah, blah, blah. Same with Kevin Durant. OK, I saw what Sam Presti did. You know, I saw what Bob Myers did. I know what it looks like so I can implement it here. On the opposite end of the spectrum, staying in New York, I'm just curious. The Knicks are not a well-run organization. They thirsty over somebody who does not qualify as a star in Jalen Brunson. Probably going to be the biggest signing in free agency. Like, I, I'm wondering, like, is I, I I get Knicks fans' frustration, but they also don't know how. They, don't, they also don't know a good thing when they have it. Like, Jalen Brunson, to me, is a good player. He's not a great player. Is he worth $110 million? No, but it's free agency. He, if he were worth $110 million, he probably wouldn't be available to begin with. You're going to overpay for a free agent. I feel like the Knicks fans is, in particular, they look at it like, what star, by the way, is following themselves to come to New York and play for James Dolan and play for the organization? Nobody. To your point about real world one organizations. So why are you sitting up here looking down your nose at the one guy who will take your money? Who's got potential to be better than he's been in Dallas even? Yeah, so the Brunson thing is interesting to me because I do think he's worth $110 million. That's just what guys are worth these days. You know what I mean? Like we have to, you know, like we just kind of have to adjust and adapt um, on that one. Now, somebody's going to go, the Knicks are going to figure it out and they're going to get somebody. Like I don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem for, for, for a very long time. Like I think the Leon Rose and, and Wes will figure out a way. There are guys who would be down to do it even though the Knicks are a clown show, right? On that level, when you say guys, wouldn't be surprised. Like, a legitimate, it just, it's a matter of what shakes out where or whatever, man. But people saw that. Maybe our boy but, Donovan Mitchell. That's what, oh, well, yeah, because he, yeah, he yeah, local. Because he local, man. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Dame yeah. Lillard at some point wanted to get there. People saw that 2021. They saw it, they saw the guard. And there's people that want a taste of that. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. There's people who want that. What gets me about Brunson is they hired his daddy, right? Google him. The franchise with the track record that it has had in off-the-court stuff, shall we say? You can't hire that boy's daddy with his track record. That's absurd. Like, they, like, like the things that he's been accused of should have been disqualifying. There's, 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 there's no... I can't believe that that team... For a dude, you probably could have got anyway. Like, it's the NBA. You ain't got to hire nobody's daddy. Like, you hire his daddy it, after it, you get college. him as a favor. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's the $110 million that he's coming yeah, for. Like not the fact that he gets... He knows he can get to his daddy whenever he wants. Yeah. But, that, but <laughs> the thing I said before we wrap this up that was ironic about the Knicks and Nets was part of why I think Kyrie and Kevin Durant didn't want to go to the Knicks is because they were chaos, except chaos is Kyrie is chaos. You brought the chaos with he's you. He's the king of chaos. You brought the <laughs> chaos with you. And I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I, for one, am thankful for it because it gives people like us a lot to talk about. Not just something, but a lot to talk about. Oh, man. Wow. That was a fast-moving hour or so. That is Michael Smith. Check him out. Brother from another on Peacock, 3 to 5, Monday through Friday. My man, greatly appreciate you joining us here. Thank you, bro. Always a pleasure. All right, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Uh, we do this three times a week. Gabe Bassan and Adi Khan handle things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember The Right Time Book Club. We will be back on July the 11th. David Remnick, the author of King of the World, will join us to wrap everything up. So be sure to check that out. Uh, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.